Welcome to TSOB with Dr. G, a podcast featuring intellectual table talk about race and sexuality. I'm your host, Dr. Tracy Q. Gilbert, a sexuality educator, writer, and researcher. Join me as I talk with the most brilliant minds in human sexuality, applying a professional Black lens to discussions about sexiness, health, and healing in the new millennium. It's TSOB, the sex ed of Black folk. Let's get to the get down, shall we? All right, all right, all right, y'all. Welcome to another episode of TSOB with Dr. G, aka the sex ed of Black folk. I am so glad to be in front of y'all another week and just to bring another episode. I love what I do and I just love being able to have conversations with amazing people and today's person is no exception. I'll tell the story of how she ended up on the show in a second, but let me tell you, introduce you all to uh, Dr. newly minted Dr. Clarissa Serenity Francis. Um, I'm going to read her bio real quick tell you how she ended up on this show and how I feel like this is going to be a phenomenal conversation. Um, So Clarissa Serenity Francis, aka The Real Hot Girl Doc, is a Black sexual liberation scholar and ASECT certified sexuality educator who focuses on Black women's sexual liberation and pleasure. Dr. Francis has collaborated with colleges, organizations, and community groundbreakers to bring awareness and healing to Black women and youth. She received her bachelor's degree in Africana Studies, which, hey, I was an Africana Studies major for like one semester. Um, (laughs) We'll talk about that. Uh, And a minor in psychology from Bowling Green State University. At BGSU, she held leadership roles in multicultural organizations and eventually became a health peer educator. She also was at Clark Atlanta University in the Africana Women's Studies program there and got her master's degree with a concentration in Black women's sexuality and sexual health peer education. And then in just just this year, she earned her PhD in human sexuality at the California Institute of Integral Studies. Her dissertation focused on the social history of pleasure activism in Atlanta, Georgia. So... Shouts out to the ATL for holding it down. Uh, Serenity feels called to develop safe spaces for Black women to participate in unrestricted dialogue, unpacking and celebrating their bodies and diverse sexualities. She has over 10 years as a sexuality educator and is also trained in massage therapy, Reiki healing, and conscious erotic touch. My goodness. Oh, that all just sounds of that just sounds like it feels good. She currently sits on the ASEX, um, on ASEX Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee and the Leadership Collective of the Women of Color Sexual Health Network, which is how we actually got connected. So amen for that. Um, And she also developed, which we're going to definitely talk about today, the Let Freedom Come Sexuality Workshop Series to equip Black sexuality professionals and the aspiring sexually liberated in recognizing and utilizing multidisciplinary approaches to pleasure activism as a tool for Black sexual liberation. Dr. Francis's goal is to infiltrate multi-oppressive systems to secure safe spaces for Black women to unpack intergenerational trauma, reclaim body autonomy, and say yes to their own serenity. And so y'all heard that last line. You know, this is a woman after my own heart. So I'm excited about this conversation. Um, I just want to... Real quickly, again, just uh, before welcoming her to speak, I just want to say how we kind of got connected. Like I said, we we serve on the Leadership Collective together for Women of Color Sexual Health Network. And I was talking about the podcast and how I was pulling together episodes. And Dr. Francis was just like, I want to be on. 
And at first I was like, well, I got my episodes worked out. What you mean? You going to be on? Okay. Uh, yeah. Cool. Cool. Whatever. And I looked at my schedule and there was this one opening that was just like, obviously this is perfect. And so she's just finding this out in the moment, but this is officially our Juneteenth episode. So this is the episode that will be airing the week of Juneteenth. And so we are really going to get into freedom today and talking about that. There's no one other that person that makes sense to have during this conversation right now. So with all of that, uh, welcome to TSOB, Serenity. Thank you so, so, so much for being here with me today. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm cool. Thank you for having <laughs> me. I'm excited. This is, yes. I mean, it's, you know, morning time is, you know, it's not naturally my... <laughs> <laughs> my uptime, but I'm really excited. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'll try to try to keep this as painless as possible. Um, cool. All right. So we're not going to waste any more time because I know you want to get about your day and you're already doing amazing things that we're going to talk about in a second. But first, let's start with my questions that I ask all of my guests uh, to get, get your feet wet in the conversation. Tell me where you're from, where your people are from, and what's got you thinking about sex and sexuality these days. Okay, um, I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Hey, shout out to the Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so my my family is from, my mother's side is from Cleveland by way of um, Georgia, Columbus, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And my father was uh, from Jamaica, so I'm Jamaican also. And um, yeah, I've been in Atlanta for 11 years, going on 11 years this summer. And the... The question was, um, how did I get What's to got you thinking about sex and sexuality these days? These days? Like uh, where I am right now with sexuality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so as you mentioned, transitioning from my program. <laughs> so right now, I'm doing more work uh, outside of academics, but, you know, still related because that's there. Um, but with Let Freedom Come... The series was something that um, really combined all my worlds, as you mentioned in my bio, my colorful um, <laughs> background. <laughs> um, it, it really is uh, combining all my worlds of being a practitioner, being a um, educator, a researcher, yeah. and me. Um, so really just uh, connecting with like-minded People or those who may not, you know, like minded, but in the industry, in the field, um, and those who just have an interest, gen- you know, general interest, and just uh, getting out here in these streets <laughs> and continuing to educate. And I feel like a cheerleader, you know, a sexual liberation, you know, as a support people and offer resources, you know, for their journey. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And yes, we'll definitely get into what specifically that means. Like, I I know when I saw that title, when you first dropped that, I think a couple months ago, I was like, okay, kick kick the door in. Why don't you? Okay, we're going to really get into this. Um, And particularly, again, a, a woman after my own heart, you talk about things in a way that feels like we may be on the same wavelength in terms of what we're thinking about needs to happen in the way of the work. And so I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to getting into all of that. But before we get into all of that, um, how did how, wait, how did your dad get from Jamaica to Ohio? That's what 
actually popped in my head when you were talking. <laughs> That's so interesting to me. Um, there's actually like a population. So, I mean, the Midwest, but specifically Cleveland, is pretty diverse. So uh, with different type of ethnicities and cultures, like we have little like areas of little Italy. We have uh, areas where there's a, you know, high Puerto Rican population, mm-hmm. but the island people, they there um, usually. Okay. Um, so uh, I can't remember who came first to the States um, from my father and his siblings and then my grandmother. So I had a lot of family you know, on that side in, you know, in Cleveland. And so somehow, cause usually places are like New York and Florida mm-hmm. where they have family, usually they go wherever they have family. And right. so they just, I don't know how they ended up in Cleveland. But, yeah. Um... That, that like, that's the thing that is like, <laughs> that really drew me because I was like, yeah, you know, we definitely have that story. Like I talk about my, my journey with my family coming from uh, Tennessee, going up to Wisconsin and yeah, they went where family was. But usually mm-hmm. when you hear folks coming from like the Caribbean or from the islands, they go to, like you said, New York or they go to Miami <laughs> or they go to like the international places. So that was just really like, oh, Cleveland. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but you know, wherever the opportunities are, that's where you're going. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they used to, it's for, you know, like an industrial place. So I, yep. not knowing specifically, but I imagine, you know, being able to find work. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I have family in um, Illyria. So uh, I had a lot of family right in Illyria that were there when, you know, at the height of all the different plants and Mm -hmm. some have passed on, but I do have a couple of relatives that still live there. So I'm familiar. That's just, that Jamaica was a twist. (laughs) 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 But tell me, tell me, Dr. Francis, tell me how you got from Cleveland to growing up in Cleveland with your family to sex ed. Like, what was that journey like for you? Um, in, an interesting one. Um, <laughs> I didn't imagine that I would be here. But funny thing is nobody's surprised that I'm here. So um, I'll say always being, a, you know, a curious person, mm. inquisitive. I had questions about everything. So I was a preacher's kid. So my, um, mm. my, um, I weigh up my stepdad. So my, uh, my father had passed young when I was young. And so I was uh, primarily raised by my stepdad and my mom. And okay. he's a pastor and a preacher, you know, throughout my my younger years. And so a lot of, you know, in, in the black church, there's uh, little to no talk about sex. And when it's brought up, it's in a negative way. Everything's mm-hmm. bad. You're going to hell. If you sex before marriage, pregnancy, you know, outside of marriage, sex, masturbation, anything that brings you pleasure, don't do it. And mm-hmm. specifically with women and girls, mm-hmm. you know, it's even more restrictions. And so being an Aquarius, you know, the little rebel that I am and being, you know, inquisitive. So I had questions, things didn't make sense. Um, I just didn't believe <laughs> that, you know, these things could be, you know, uh, a sin, you know, a sin or something wrong. You know, you just damn to hell if you mm-hmm. experience any pleasure. But mm-hmm. um, so I think the lack of information was one thing because when I started my cycle, um, I was given, I think the, the Christmas after I was given, or Christmas or birthday, after I was given a book, How the Body Works. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was so fascinated by 
uh, what happens, you know, because I'm like, <laughs> I remember my grandmother telling me, you can't be messing with those little boys now. And I'm just like, oh, why? I was like, as, <laughs> not, as if I was messing with them, because I'm thinking like, you know, we be like playing around the playground, like hitting each other and stuff like it's like elementary. I was young. When I started my cycle, so I'm like, what is she talking about? Like, mm-hmm, what does she mm-hmm. mean? I'm not, it's like, oh no, I can't be messing with these little boys. Um, <laughs> and so I was, I did a research, like I studied the pages of, <laughs> of the reproductive system in that book. Mm. And I was just so amazed. I was like, wow. I was like, this is what can happen. You know, a whole person, you know, a being. Right. I was so fascinated. And then fast forward to, you know, hearing different things. Like I started hearing about people, you know, having sex like around me and like pregnancies and middle school, um, abortions. I heard about abortions for the first time. All of this going on before I've had really had any personal experiences, I'll say. And <laughs> so then it, by the time I got to high school, I'm even more curious. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm not sure if it was more for the research or if I was just, at the point when my hormones was like, okay, we uh-huh. waited a uh-huh. long time. <laughs> this yeah. is the, it was it was funny because I just remember this. I think of the summer I was like, no, this is it. This is the summer. This is when, like, you know, because people closer to me started like, you know, having sexual, you know, sexual experiences, and I'm just like, I want to do it. Like. <laughs> I love the logic. I love the logic. It feels resonant to me that you you sat and you thought about it and you were like, yeah, so what can happen? I think I want to do this. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm ready now. (laughs) The time has come. Um, And I think part of it was research. It was like, I just want to see what this is about. And so... Um, so there, my experiences and people around me, of course, it was that lack of information. All we had was like the free clinic that we mm-hmm. can go to if something came up or didn't come up. Um, you know, I, you know, was the, um, supporter, like, you know, if I had to take somebody down to the clinic or in, information, somehow I was getting access to condoms. So I was I think mm-hmm. partially once, I know definitely my brother, older brother was a source. So I was definitely taking, stealing condoms from him giving them to other people, you know, to my people, you know. Like You're the redistributor. <laughs> so I was pushing condoms at a young age. But, um, and so just as I was researching different things or as they was telling me things, I was like, oh, let me look this up, you know. And mm-hmm. this was, um, was Google out? I can't remember where Google was then. Um, I think it was newer if it was. But I was a really... Um, like a reader like I love you know books you know reading so I would research I would get all the books about health and all these Mm -hmm. different things it's like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be an expert because I'm you know Clarissa explains it all yes yes literally in the flesh (laughs) right the real Clarissa explains it all but um so uh it just started that way where just be naturally being an educator like you know researcher and educator um, to the point where I treated it, I became a health educator, like I said, in undergrad. And I was also interested in mental wellness, you know, mental mm-hmm. health, stress, stress management. But I started learning more about HIV AIDS. Um, and I felt some type of way. I was at a predominantly white institution and mm-hmm. I was only like maybe one other black health care educator. And mm-hmm. so I, it just didn't sit right with me when we had the conversations about HIV AIDS or STIs, of course, African-Americans 
disproportionate rates, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I just didn't want to have the other educators who weren't, you know, who were not of color um, going to the, you know, the, the Greek organizations or the BSU or just different whoever was requesting, you know, being the one saying, you know, oh, basically like y'all are, you know, have the higher rates and mm-hmm. like, y'all, like I just felt like that's what I translated it to. Yeah, yeah. When I speak, it's like we, like we have these disproportionate rates um, and this, you know, and speaking about it in a way where it was very scripted um, there mm-hmm. um, of what we had to talk about. And, you know, but I would, you know, kind of like I would uh, adjust it, you know, a bit and make it interesting because I remember the little limited information we received around sex and reproductive mm-hmm. system, because, you know, I was like so fascinated. So I was excited and to just have this. And then I think it. Maybe it was a week of talking about it, a day. I can't remember different times. And I'm just like left with like, this it? This is all we get? I was like, I don't know. I was like, I could have taught this. ain't giving what we're supposed to have gave. What's happening? Yeah, like in high school, I'm just like, I could have taught this class. It's like, (laughs) right. So, um, so still a lot of people came with that, you know, I seen in college. um, And I just wanted to uh, find a way to make it interesting you know, mm-hmm. um, I didn't want it to be like, oh, uh, come off as preachy or judgmental. Mm-hmm. Uh, really just, that's when I really um, realized, you know, the value of having a resource and it being somebody who, you know, a peer, you know, telling you versus being a, a parent or a guardian mm-hmm. or a um, medical professional, you know, and so still treating it as something on the side because I majored in Africana studies. I originally mm-hmm. wanted to be a psychologist or psychiatrist. And who was it? So when I got to Clark, I, well, one, I needed a job. <laughs> like I needed to work somewhere while That's I was always suited. And a motivation. So, <laughs> so I professionally stalked um, this lady at the health center, Carla Scipio. And, and actually, this is a program. This is how I know um, Trina. I met Trina oh, okay. at, when yes. I was at Clark. It was a grant with Advocates for Youth, and that was able to fund my um, grad assistantship. So I worked with the health center, and I really got uh, deeper into sexuality, education, and wellness. But um, I was able to do it in a different way. One, probably because being at an HBCU, um, and specifically, you just at the time, there wasn't much... Um, I'll say there wasn't much policies or structure in place. Like there wasn't really uh, much that was in place as it related to sexuality education and even mm-hmm. well at the time. And so, you know, I had a lot of flexibility and freedom. And even though Carla, she was like, <laughs> she was like, please don't get me fired. Because I was like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, we need to talk about this. So I was like, no, like vaginas, you know, let's see, like. Yeah, right. They need to know. It's like, you know, it's like y'all talking about these are what's coming up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the issues that's coming up. So I was like, why not talk about, you know, having an event, you know, talking about whatever it is. And I would have these different like creative ways to, um, you know, to, to sound attractive or sexy or fun, yes. you know, as a, at least, to, you know, interest, you know, and um then um, it it started transitioning into not just being something I do on the side to being something that obviously is my calling, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. so that's when I decided when I fi- when I finally made it out of Clark, um, 
<laughs> academically mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's in between my break was going into massage school mm-hmm. but um because I needed a whole break and then um <laughs> I uh, I was like I'm just study if I'm gonna get a PhD because I knew I was gonna get a be a doctor something back in like high school yeah I was like why not human sexuality um because I was introduced to it at a conference I think um I can't remember what conference it was but um the program was newer at the time. And so mm-hmm. I ended up delaying my, when I started a couple years and got into it. And so yeah. that's, that's how I got here. Really the lack of information, that shame that usually comes around with sex and the yeah. limited and uh, negative messages around, you know, and I realized the effect it had on me. So mm-hmm. I, I wanted to offer something different. Like, you know, I really um, believe in the being who you needed when you was younger. Yes, yes. So many things that you're saying, I just resonate with. And I'm just like, yep, mm-hmm. that part, that part. Um, one thing in particular that you, you talked about that I'm like resonating with is the whole experience of being at an HBCU. And I do feel like um, some things have changed. Shouts out to folks. Well, first off, let me mm-hmm. let, let me rewind and say shouts out to Trina Scott. We mentioned Trina. Let me, yes. for the folks who are like, who is Trina? We're not talking about the rapper, even though she is dope. We're talking about Trina Scott, who is a co-foundress of Women of Color Sexual Health Network. So blessings to Trina if she's listening. Um, But also just uh, going back to the idea of of being at an HBCU. And I think a lot has changed since I was at an HBCU. I I graduated from undergrad um, at Tennessee State University in like 2000. And so I know a lot has Mm -hmm. changed since then. But at the same time, I know a lot of the culture is still the same around sexuality, right? This idea Mm -hmm. of like, well, you don't talk about it. If we are talking about it, maybe we're talking about soul ties or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just funneled through a very limited, um, I would even say in some cases, anti-black lens um Mm. so share more with the folks kind of how you felt like you were able to still maintain your understanding and your awareness of yourself as a sexual health educator while being well well let me not even impose on you what it was like tell folks what it was like (laughs) your hbcu experience and then if it was if that's resonant for you that it was a little bit more maybe constricted how you were able to evolve and like come into your own as an educator in that environment. Uh, yes, because you know it was an experience. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so. Oh, and you know, and before you get, I also want to shout out Tanya Bass, who holds it down at, mm-hmm. at uh, North Carolina Central University as well. So we recognize there are folks at HBCUs doing their thing in sex ed, and we also know yes. there's a lot left to grow <laughs> in that area. So yes, yes. please continue. Whew, um, let's see. So I'll just say I'm <laughs> um, working in the AUC um, so I worked with, with different, I collaborated primarily with Clark and then, um, with Morehouse School of Medicine and Morehouse and, um, kind of sometimes, uh, with Spelman, but I'll just say in general, in different schools, each school had their own culture, um, and different, you know, the levels of it. And I'll just say there was definitely, I had to defend, uh, we had to defend everything, you know, mm. basically when it came to sexuality or anything that's outside of talking about HIV AIDS awareness like Mm -hmm. if we was not just specifically talking about basically don't do this you know you can't have you know or whatever talking about the consequences and like Mm -hmm. chicken that you know finger like you know (laughs) at the students and it's just like well that's not what I'm here for um that's just (laughs) not what I do right I can provide the information in a way 
you know, where, cause I'm a resource. It's like, I'm not trying to, I'm not telling you what to do, you know, um, but I, um, I at least want you to have the information, the resources that you need here. Yeah. Oh, you say you don't use condoms or you don't need condoms. We're well, here, here goes some, and here's some alternatives. Like there's a female or internal condom here for you. And, you know, and here's, you know, here's some lube. I highly recommend it. You know, here's right. my experience and how I got it, you know, became a adamant user of lube, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe you could use it too, <laughs> whatever. But uh, at the administration level, and it, I think it was a mixture of things, but I'll just say that, uh, you know, most, most, you know, HBCs are religious-based, you know, institutions. Mm-hmm. And... We already have, like, in our culture, like, you know, the black communities, it's like sex is not something we talk about. Right. Um, it's not something we're comfortable talking about. It's a stigma around it, especially uh, when that religion, you know, is in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, we haven't had a lot of spaces and opportunities before, you know, to have, to be religious or, Christ, you know, whatever um, you identify as. And talk about sex and talk about right. not just negative things, talking about pleasure. Even if we're saying sex is supposed to be for uh, married, you know, people, where's the conversations about <laughs> pleasure, you know, and sex mm-hmm. for the married people? If this right. is what you're saying, like, that's how right. I felt. It's like, y'all just don't want us to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> right, we can't enjoy it because then that, that, that would fulfill the savage stereotype and all the yeah. other things. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. so I would, we would have to find ways to kind of like finesse it, finesse to have these conversations like, yeah, we're talking about this topic. Yeah. That, you know, whatever, you know, it's HIV AIDS awareness month, but I get in there, we're in the dorms or the halls and the different little small, you know, most of them were pretty intimate. And it's like, let me tell you, I got some secret. information <laughs> from my experience, from what I hear, you yeah. know, <laughs> whatever, like this is, this is, a, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. Like I felt like sometimes I really feel like the, um, the, um, sexuality Harriet Tubman. Like I feel like, you <laughs> know, like liber- liberating, um, us. And it's like, you have to do it on the low. And it's not because of the white man, and I, and I appreciate you saying that, although I, I do also try to clarify that from my mm-hmm. experience and my assessment of it, that it, it's not because of the white man, but it is very mm-hmm. much because of that, that psychological yeah. indoctrination, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it definitely. is very much because of white thoughts yeah, and yeah, whiteness yeah. that has permeated our mind so much that we perpetuate it so easily in our own communities, stuff that's just like, y'all do realize they're not paying attention to us like that no okay. more. Okay. Like, no, you do realize you. like we free, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. And that's that's exactly what I what I meant. That like, yeah. you know, in our face today, like directly. Yes. It's no, it's like the it's the older women that's judging me or shaming me. Right. Or keep repressing me. It's my partner, my yeah. black male partner that's yeah. oppressing me. And I me. think you know? And I and I think that right. And I think HBCUs, you know, for all of their like I'm definitely one of those that's like, I'ma talk about my mama, but you can't talk about my mama. So yeah. let me be clear that this is not a not to drag HBCUs because I think it's no, also yeah. important to stress that a lot of that I think is also kind of 
paternalistic thinking, right? Thinking about the fact that for many young black folks that go to HBCUs, like the whole vibe is essentially, well, at least my experience was Mm -hmm. we are stepping in as parents for the parents that trust us with their children. And so, you know, I I remember being, you know, and I was 16, so I was even more like, oh, you a real baby coming on campus. And I think Mm -hmm. there was definitely just this vibe that your teachers were your teachers, but they weren't just your teachers. They were like aunties and they were like Mm -hmm. mentors and they were, they had a vested interest in your safety. And so I think Mm -hmm. that also added to the sense of like, no, I can't be letting you out here doing whatever and and, and equipping you, giving you confidence. Condoms, like how no your mama trusted me to make sure you stay out of trouble and so I I think for better or worse that also played a part plays a part in not allowing the natural and normative sexual development that's happening to continue to grow in an incubate you know in a really a life-affirming space mm-hmm. so I think that's just important to clarify too. no yeah no definitely it was definitely uh, you know, it was an amazing experience. I wanted, I wanted that experience in, you know, in multiple ways, you know, but it was, you know. It and just, the tr- yeah, it's a both and. <laughs> I'll say it, it definitely contributed to my growth as a professional, as a researcher, because yeah. I needed to make sure I had the facts. And yeah, not yeah. even just because um, much of my work, although I, it was uh, Africana Women's Studies, most, most, most of my work was around sexuality. So they knew, mm. like, if we had a topic, if we had an assignment, it's going to be around sexuality and most yes. likely Black women's sexuality or something. Can I just tell you, I love that as well. <laughs> like, we, we could do a whole other conversation that's just about Africana studies and the reluctance mm. in Africana studies to deal with sex and sexuality. <laughs> but we're not going to do that in this particular conversation. But you and I need to chop it up on an intellectual yeah. nerdy girl level about that specific phenomenon, because that is awesome. Yeah. A thing, (laughs) but um, (laughs) since you were talking about kind of the ways that you were able to kind of um, infiltrate spaces and just kind of have the conversations that are relevant to folks, that leads me to my next question in terms of thinking about you and your specialty or your superpower. If someone were to ask you that, what would you say your sex ed superpower is or your specialty? I would say... (laughs) Professionally, I would say my <laughs> right is um, is I have the ability to uh, really create safe spaces. Like I feel like I am mm. a safe space for people, and specifically Black people um, in general. Because even I've had conversations with all you know all um, identities, you know, um, gender mm. identities of Black folks, you know, who I can tell were used to being judged or shamed, you know, or, you know, misunderstood or not listened to, you know, when they're talking about their sexuality, their beliefs, their background, even if it's something different than mine, you know, um, so allowing that space for just to hear, cause I'm a, I'm a historian. I love hearing stories, um, learning, you know, um, and not trying to you know, rewrite people's narrative It's you know, of hearing. So I noticed that people feel very comfortable you know, speaking to me, people I just meet, sometimes it's, you know, not necessarily always. <laughs> <laughs> they just open up. <laughs> not always in the space to receive, or, you know, no, I'll be like, okay. Um, you know, so that and uh, making them feel comfortable about expressing themselves. And even, even I'll say, even personally, I'll say, um, of even with partners or friends, you know, I'm, I'm going to 
I'm going to challenge you in a way that, you know, feels good. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that I could be, you know, have this life or be a part of this life, you know. Um, so, yeah, being an open minded and free spirit that I am, yeah. uh, that, that really transfers uh, to my work professionally. Beautiful. I love that. I love that. I love that. And so tell us what does what does freedom mean to you and and how does sex feed into that notion of freedom for you? Hmm. So uh, for me, freedom, as I mentioned, being the rebel that I am, uh, being able to do whatever you want, you mm. know, uh, whatever that might be, um, not having to ask permission. You know, mm -hmm. um, you are the one to give yourself permission and um, without limitations, you know. Um, and so what that looks like sexually um, with sexuality is, you know, for us, black bodies, you know, mm -hmm. we are our history. You know, we've had so much, you know, centuries of not being able to control, you know, what happens to our bodies, you know, uh, in general and sexually, you know, being mm -hmm. used, you know, as cattle, you know, as um, subjectification, abuse, trauma, assault was normalized. This was just what happens, you know. Right. And so for me, I think we, we've, we have done, you know, a good job of focusing on liberating ourselves physically, economically, and moving into mentally, you know, and emotionally, and there's still more work uh, when it comes to the sexually, sexually yeah. um, and with our bodies of actually reclaiming that power of, um, as you mentioned, something when we're talking about the schools of what we're saying, you know, they're not even paying attention. Like when we think of our oppressors who typically for us are white, you know, yeah, yeah, white yeah. oppressors. Um, it's something we still have that when we speak about, you know, respectability politics mm -hmm. and we are holding on to these, this, um, you know, we have to carry ourselves in a certain way mm -hmm. to be respected um, mm -hmm. and not just with others, but we, with each other. And, you know, yeah. we judge each other. We, sh you know, shame each other. And so this freedom of not caring, you know, unapologetically expressing whoever it is you are. Yeah. And giving yourself permission and having that ownership, you know, yeah. of your body, your sexuality. Um, and that's, you know, how whatever, but that's what it means for me, you know, and even in my personal journey. And it's something that, you know, I consider in my work. It's something yeah. that I want for others. It's like, you know, uh, a, a friend, sister friend of mine, um, Dr. Michelle, she's um, she she does work on ratchet womanism, mm. and I remember her saying that uh, everybody don't want to be free, you know, and yes. that's real, you know, in so many levels and so many ways. Some people don't know that they're not, you know, allowing themselves to be free, yes. and then some just, you know, it's like, no, I'm just gonna, I'll stay here. You know, yeah. I was like, all right, you know, just like thinking about when I imagine like with Harriet Tubman, it's like, you know, they said, I don't know if it was actually proven that she said it, but I imagine she said she could have freed a lot more, you know, right. if, you know, if they, if they wanted to, or if they realized that they were, you know, enslaved. Yeah. And so, and that's, that's what freedom and how it relates to sexuality for me. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think what I'm sitting with, um, you you move right into what would have normally been my na- my next question. I think when mm-hmm. I um I ask folks, kind of where do you feel like is opportunity for Black folks to grow and learn and and or even some places where we get wrong. And I think mm-hmm. everything you said about like um just you know not embodying or not acknowledging or not even recognizing that we're still so restricted like we still restrict ourselves and one Mm -hmm. of the things that's coming up for me so I'd love to hear more of your thoughts about it too is that even in my my experience or my estimation even from a professional and personal level that it's one thing when you are blocking your own journey when you're like you know what I'm not interested Mm -hmm. that's I don't care I don't want to open that part of myself but it's another Mm -hmm. thing when you then start to police and regulate other people in the community so then you know you're passing off and you're Mm -hmm. you're saying well this group can't be doing this because of blah 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 and y'all over here are this because you doing this that and the third and so I'm curious Mm -hmm. your thoughts about that about um is there a difference between the self-censorship that goes on and the community censorship? Um, can a boundary be drawn or do you feel like they're related at all? And and in what ways do you see that showing up in our community? Um, definitely, I, I feel it's related. It's something that's conditioned in us, you know, has been generationally, you know, conditioned in us, uh, in the community. So, of course, we internalize it individually. Mm-hmm. Whereas I recognize it in myself, you know, mm-hmm. as free as I thought I was and open-minded and free spirit, like, yeah, like, you know, it was at different stages of my uh, journey, even then, especially coming into the program, human sexuality, and then also with being, with training at Conscious Erotic Touch uh, with Amina and the Institute in Atlanta. Yes, um, shouts out Amina Butterfly. <laughs> Aquarius sis. Um, <laughs> but um, look at my own stuff. Um, so I realized it was some things that I was still holding on to that was not of me. It was messages I received growing up, you know, mm. of being told for so long, like, you know, no sex before marriage and not even so long, just something that was just, I just knew this was just an expectation mm-hmm. that sex was bad. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, I shouldn't be just having sex because I want to. Right. <laughs> Whatever it should be because I'm repro- you know, I want to reproduce or I'm with, you know, a partner with my husband, you know, right. and right. rose eyes for the people right. who can't see me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> and so, um, you know, I had to get to a place where um, I had to give myself permission. You know, mm-hmm. I realized, you know, with the different uh, therapies and different experiences I had. Um, like I had to be who, you know, be the change that I wanted to see, you know, yeah. in the world. It's like practicing what I preach. Cause growing up in the church, I seen a whole, a whole lot of, Y'all, of yeah. people, pra- you know, not practicing what you saying up there. It's like, I'm right. all, I was heavy. And like, when I was a preacher's kid, at a certain point, um, I had sipped the Kool-Aid and, um, in, in a way, you know, <laughs> I had sipped the, the, the sexual shame Kool-Aid and um, I remember signing this promise, you know, ring or something, contract or whatever that I was going to save it to marriage. And mm-hmm. I really felt that way up until mm-hmm. middle school. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to save it to marriage because mm-hmm. that's just how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then something switched where it was just like, no, no, you know, that's what you choose. <laughs> and so it was my own journey um, really informed a lot. And then when I started having more conversations, because I was very private, 
you know, and because I felt shame. I felt like something was wrong with me because I wanted to explore so much and I was so yeah. open and felt like this freak, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, when when freak was a, not a good thing, I'll say, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> like, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when I started seeing that in others, like that really um, motivated me to keep going because somebody just asked me, like, how did I find the bravery or the audacity to do the work that I do? And mm-hmm. I said, it's, it's, it's a daily, it's a daily challenge and struggle. Absolutely. You know, I just got to the point all these years, I said all these years I've been in this work, I just got to the point where I, I could openly d- discuss my work and actually my family attended my dissertation, you know, mm. where I'm talking about black women's sexual liberation and, yeah. and I'm using, you know, the hot, it's the real hot girl movement. So I'm quoting Megan. You know, and then I'm quoting, you know, my interviewees who so uh, eloquently <laughs> um, express themselves, you know, yeah. in the colorful, like the colorful ways, you know, of us black films, you know, express ourselves. And I love right. it. It was funny because I said all the words, <laughs> all the words. Listen, <laughs> same. Words. There's a few things I that said. I was like, no, you need to understand that is yeah. part of blackness. You're getting okay. the color in these words. Okay. And it was like my grandma was on there, like my grandma, my parents <laughs> and my uncle. It was so funny. And then it ended up being a whole discussion of how do you get into this work? And um, what you do now? What's your degree in? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. Shouts out to the family members who who have no idea what you do, but they love you anyway. They're like, mm, she's smart. I don't know. Right. But it's cool. <laughs> that is beautiful. Okay, now let's bring it into Let Freedom Come. Like, I I don't want to give away all the secret sauce because, you know, if y'all, if y'all want that work, you got to pay for that work. But I would love for you to talk more with folks about, okay, so how did we how did you get there in terms of developing that what is it um maybe what are some of the parts and and even just what the acronym is because i know come is an acronym right like it is yeah okay so tell folks about about let freedom come what that is <laughs> okay let freedom come i'm trying to think where exactly when when it started when that came <laughs> but really it's a combination of my hats all my different experiences cuz mm. at at one time i was operating under my different hats. Like I was a massage therapist, sex educator, and then I'm the student researcher. And so as a massage therapist, I wasn't really bringing up that, oh yeah, I'm also, I'm a sex educator. Like I'm all about pleasure, orgasms, and you know, because it's like this weird um, relationship as it relates to touch and, um, you know, massage therapy with, you know, with ethically, you know, and different things like that. So I didn't talk about it because sometimes it could get awkward anyway, because then it's like, oh, this isn't this type of session at that time. Right. Um, People can so... get it twisted. They can get it twisted. <laughs> yeah, so Look, like, we free, but we not that free. <laughs> right. It's like it, did, it didn't come up then because then I wasn't, this is pre being trained in conscious erotic touch or even knowing really that much about this world. So I operated as this massage therapist. And then as a sex educator, I didn't bring up too much about me being a massage therapist. Um, and then, and stu- you know, I feel like as a researcher, I'm just like getting the information, like I'm reading and like um, getting the history, getting the experiences and all of that. So I had all these different ways I was operating. And I had got to a point where I was just like, I cannot continue <laughs> to, to work yeah. in this way. It was like, you know, cause it was a point where I was Serenity in some spaces and I was Clarissa in other spaces. Um, mm-hmm. And often those people didn't know each other ex- unless people were like who really knew me. Oh, right. um, 
to when I think this happened, this might've happened around, um, I'll say within the last few years, uh, you know, I was getting to a place of, I need to combine my worlds, you know, cause it's related. Like it, yeah. it wasn't yet clear to me of how what I did, um, was related to each other and really, um, training with, uh, with Amina and the conscious erotic certification, it made sense. It made sense that I, you know, my, my foundation is, is looking at the history of black, of black folks, like looking at our yeah. experiences, the trauma, but also the history, like the, you know, before, cause we often, we start African-American history. When we talk about black folks in America, we start with slavery. And so right. there was something I'll say, Something in me, you know, just didn't believe like this is it, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not accepting that this is all of our history. So right. it was that part. And then always feeling, I guess I'm, you know, in a way, although this, you know, sometimes this comes off as a, a negative thing as a people pleaser, but it's like, I like to assist people in feeling good. You know, mm-hmm. I like people to have mm-hmm. pleasurable experiences. So if this is either professionally or personally, um, and I was really adamant, as I mentioned, about stress management. And yeah. when I learned, like, my father passed young, um, thirty, you know, in his 30s, early 30s from a heart attack. And I've had a lot of, um, you know, just different uh, instances in my family, you know, from health health issues and, uh, with, you know, high blood pressure and realizing how much stress is related to a lot of, the, you know, the issues that we have going on. Absolutely. And so... Mm-hmm. When I received that work, um, like massage therapy, because I was stressed coming out of Clark in my uh, grad program, and just at that time of my life, it was just a lot going on, and so I needed it personally, and so mm-hmm. combining that work, so that was the healing piece, you know, accessing that heal- healing um, piece, so I have the history, the Black history, I have the healing, and then becoming a practitioner or more getting deeper into education, it was the application of this information, yeah. you know? And so eventually I got to a point where I started speaking about all of my worlds together and Tantra and conscious erotic touch was a way that I can, cause we focus, it was black centered and specifically um, women, you know, yeah. centered in healing, you know, speaking about sexual healing, realizing like that's a part of freedom, you know, liberation, you know, that healing is necessary. And so, so we let freedom come, of course, immediately like playing off a of let freedom ring. Yes. <laughs> and, and so like, I just really like acronyms. So it was like, I think I came up with the, I just put the, <laughs> I just put the, put it as an acronym before even knowing what the acronym stood. Oh, got you. Um, and, but I made it, it made, made it make sense, you know? And mm-hmm. so really it's that combination of, coming to the center uh, unapologetically and um, to uh, approach um, multi-oppressions using multi, um, multi-disciplinary lens um, mm. for Black folks. And so that's also yeah. me with Let Freedom Come. Yes. And <laughs> so a, a goal for me is to just collaborate with all, because often those who are you know, healing practitioners or in tantra, conscious erotic touch or sex sex workers often sometimes may not collaborate or be in the same spaces as this historians, those who mm-hmm. have done that, you know, like um, they have they have knowledge, definitely. Um, but then also like there's just this disconnect as if right. we, uh, we're, we're working on towards liberation, you know, right. it's just you have your expertise and you have your area 
you're providing the resources or you offer that history, you get that background and I'm doing this work right now. Like I'm doing the yeah. work, I'm trying to assist them in their journey of unpacking all this stuff that some isn't even their own stuff. It's from yeah. generations. And then those who are also just doing the work, like I have interviewed pleasure activists um, and it was specifically, it was uh, black women, those who identified as black women, pleasure activists who primarily focus on black women's uh, sexual liberation mm-hmm. and their backgrounds were so diverse. You know, I spoke with nurse, it was um, like nurse or medical professionals. Uh, one of my, one of my people were, they were a, a nail tech, um, wow. doulas, yes. um, toy, sex toy, you know, sellers and just. So it was a range, you know, of people. And it was just like, because this isn't just a, you know, one lane, like a one specific right. person or type of profession that right. can work this liberation. So really for me, one, it is is me, is my, my understanding of, the, of how I approach Black sexuality. It's like, I can't, I have to consider and acknowledge the history, you know, right. But I'm also like, we can't stay here, you know, um, with the history, with the negative and what has happened to us. You know, we have to get towards that pleasure, that healing, you know, addressing that trauma um, because it shows up. It shows up in our relationships. It shows up in the way we feel about our bodies, you know, our sexuality and our sex, you know. So, um, yeah. And just so that that is my goal is to um, and then, also, you know, being encouraged um, with Cameron, with the uh, sex ed, I guess we also connected yeah. with Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We connected there. So shout out to Cameron Glover. Yes. Yes. Um, so really encouraging me to re- figure out what it is because I had to narrow my focus. Like, that's my thing. I'm trying to do do everything. You know? <laughs> but sometimes when you are when you have layers like that, yeah. when you were saying that, I was like, I can resonate with all of this too. When you just, you can do all the things and you have to kind of, you know, you living in a world where they're like, you got to pick one. And it's like, but why? Yeah. Why can't you I just know. experience it all? But, you that, know, that's yeah. capitalism and we not, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Everything you're saying, I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yep. And, and what I love about it is that, to me, we recognize that humans are not one-dimensional people, right? Like, we have all of these different layers, right? And and just like mm-hmm. you talk, the ways that we experience not only our sexuality, but our sexual trauma, our pleasure, all of those, we experience them on multiple levels. So we mm-hmm. do it in the body and we do it in our brain and we do it in our relationships and we do it in our emotions and all of those mm-hmm. different areas, right? The eight channels of sexuality. Shouts out yeah. to myself for coming up with that theory. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, we, you know, we experience them all. And so the idea of sex ed like really, if you're going to meet the whole person, it has to be responsive to all of those different layers and recognizing that you're not going to be able to touch one without hitting all of the, all of them at some point. So I'm, I'm here for everything that you're talking about. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, so you've mentioned it several times in this conversation and I realized I didn't ask you to clarify. Can you clarify for people what conscious erotic touch is? Okay. What that whole thing is about. Yeah. So conscious erotic touch is in the, the family. When we hear of Tantra, it's just a, mm. um, the lens that, you know, Amina, 
um, taught us, you know, with conscious erotic touch, uh, basically when we think of being informed, like when we talked about um, informed sex education or informed um, or trauma informed, where is this understanding, you know, of having, you know, some some a basis of the history, you know, or experiences of, you know, black because it's primarily, you know, it was a black centered. So really, you know, so it's around Tantra. So really it brings together the emotional, the spiritual, the physical, you know, sexual, psychological. It brings around, you know, all of that. Usually we separate it. Usually, as I mentioned, in massage therapy, it's just strictly, you know, as the body and, you know, it could reduce stress and that's about it, you know, of mm-hmm. what, um, unless you take other continuing education and where I was trained in uh, Reiki or energy work. It's like, it's just this, it's like, it's muscular, you know, and, um, just focus on that physical, whereas typically we don't get too much into spiritual, which is interesting because when a lot of what they use or what they come from is not an Asian, you know, traditional, you know, Mm -hmm. practices, you know, and it's just like, you know, the spiritual was definitely present, you know, or existed Mm -hmm. or you know, so it's like, it's interesting that it's removed, you know, when yeah. we addressing it. Whereas when we're talking about healing and making someone feel better, you know, yeah. is, is, is almost just not as successful, you know, I feel when you only focus on one area, you focus right. on the physical, like, okay, I'm going to relieve these muscles, um, but I'm stressed. You stress or you having some issues, whatever, in your relationship, or you got some trauma, it's like you're not even able to relax because you got these blockages or these experiences, Absolutely. you know, or you have this these different things going on right now in your life. Well, therapy, therapy matters, like therapy helps. But that's something that, you know, just that we don't, um, you know, as black people or, you know, culture, like we, that's not something that we just um, broadcast as something that we, we need or are interested mm-hmm. in. You know, and so it just really made sense of everything, of all of my work. Like, it was just yeah. like, you know, of with learning more about with the, the chakras as it relates to sexuality and just uh, touch. Like, I've already I had, I think at that point, I might have had already five years of being a massage therapist. So I had the techniques, like my techniques was down with, you know, physical, but it was the intention that changed. The yes. intention, intention of I actually can allow myself to, um, and the, the client to assist in their journey, not just with this physical pain that you have going on or even this stress that you have, but going deeper, you know, into yeah. the spiritual and where you have these blockages and these disconnects yes. and where this trauma is being held, really assisting them in their journey. So if this really yeah. like deepen, a deepen, deepened (laughs) like a deep level that's exactly that's exactly why I got excited because (laughs) I was I was saying what what I felt like I heard you saying too was that you know some of our traditional modalities so like massage therapy generally speaking and like even therapy like they may deal with symptoms or they may deal with like kind of right there at the top level but it sounds Mm -hmm. like what you're talking about when you said intention it's like okay we're gonna 
we're going to get at what's underneath there. We're going to dig into the root and figure mm-hmm. out not just how to make whatever the physical manifestation of it is go mm-hmm. away, but like get under there so you can actually get to healing. And so you don't have any more synthology. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it sounds like to me when you're, you're mentioning that. And now I'm like, Ooh, I want to, maybe I need, maybe <laughs> Lord knows I don't need to pay for no more school, but I'm like, maybe I need to give me a uh, conscientious touch. Mm. Let me it's learn amazing. about that. <laughs> no, it's amazing. If I say it, if I haven't, I haven't practiced um, that much of with uh, Conscious Writer Touch, but it was just so, it was right on time, I'll say, for my yeah. journey and my healing, you know, okay. and I took, it took it so personal. It was just like, I'm going to just, this is for me, you know, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to just let yes. me work on my stuff, because I was like, yes. I have some stuff I needed to work on, yes. some old stuff and some new stuff. Look, like if I'm trying to be out here liberating people, it's like I gotta make it's, sure it's a both end journey. Absolutely, I, I think uh, you you a preacher's kid, so you know, as, as I minister to you, I minister to myself. Okay, yes. please know it that it is a simultaneous process. Okay. <laughs> All right, so um, I, I I don't want to take too much more of your time because I know you got to get out of here, but I do want to ask. Let's say somebody's listening and they're like, I am feeling this entire conversation. I'm loving what, you know, Dr. Francis is putting down. I Mm -hmm. am trying to get my serenity on, but I have no idea where to start. What would be some kind of baseline baby steps or kind of, you know, concrete things that you would suggest a person who either for themselves or for the people in their lives, maybe a lover or their children, you know, what is one thing that they can do to begin that journey of like accessing their sexual freedom? Hmm. I would say the first step is to um, really sit with yourself, which is can be is the most difficult, you know. <laughs> is sitting with yourself, checking your baggage, you know, checking your um, whatever your trauma, your the messages you received around sex, sexuality, um, your body, you know. Che- and sometimes we don't even realize it, you know, of what we still hold on to. Like mm-hmm. uh, all the, the negative things that you may think or feel or beliefs that you have around sex, sexuality, uh, pleasure, you know, orgasms. I would say um, address that, you know, address that. So in whatever way you need to, for some people journaling, um, you know, some therapy, I definitely highly recommend. We all, that should just be included in our Mm-hmm. Our reparations package. Actual it's, facts. It's Actual therapy. facts. It's like we mm-hmm. all need it just default by default. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, we have different experiences and just existing, you know, just so right. therapy, finding a way to express yourself. Uh, some people are creators, you know, some people write, some people draw, or even just being in the outdoors, doing whatever it is you need to do for you to get in that mm-hmm. space. Um and uh, finding some way, some therapy, some type of therapy, um, whether it's sex therapy, uh, finding a mental health professional, uh, sex work, um, you know, in whatever way. And in, so along with as you're checking your stuff and acknowledging the messages is to, um, at, as you're on your journey, you know, as you're checking these different things and realizing and I always say this, they laugh, but that healing is, is, is very ghetto. 
You know, like <laughs> killing is very ghetto. It's not cute. It's not cute at all. Fun. It's not sexy. You know, it's, it's, it's not, not fun. It's not sexy. It's not. It's like it. You want to? It's like I get why some people's like, no, I'm just stay in this. I'm gonna just stay in this mess <laughs> because you. that's too much. You're doing that's mm-hmm. just too much. I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> so, but so you will. So it will. It comes with. That's the warning. You know that is ghetto. And if you feel like you don't want to do it, you're probably doing it right. And if there's a right <laughs> or wrong way, it's like you're on the right path. Right, <laughs> it's like right, right, right. It's turning into different things and spread it and spread it in some way to others. Pass it on as you're on your journey in some way, whether it's for um, your partner, your uh, sister friends, your brother friends, your parents. You know, I've heard interesting stories of because I think I think the way that I've lived my life or as I've gone in my journey I can see something happening I think even in my family or in with my parents or with my mother with conversations or that were never had or whatever discussed Mm -hmm. or in the family and so not even always being because you know okay so you know how some people once we get you know access to some information or healing or therapy or something. We go to that one therapy session. Now we are the therapist, you know, mm-hmm. and so in a mm-hmm. loving way. Cause it's like, it's like, hold on, you still in your journey. Like, <laughs> hold on, right. Nobody's <laughs> asking. Don't do you no. Still continue to focus <laughs> on yourself. <laughs> right. Mind your business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he literally be saying the same, what I'm about to say next. But yes, minding your business. Uh, but, you know, sharing, sharing with whoever you feel comfortable with of your experience, because many of us feel, as I felt when I said back in I, like high school, I felt like I was alone, you know, in this journey, mm-hmm. you know, or felt that, you know, it was weird, you know, I was this freak, you know, so mm-hmm. you never know who you can, um, you know, have an impact on, you know, encouraging mm-hmm. their journey. So working on yourself continuously, always working on yourself, checking your stuff, your biases. That's something I had to do also. Your privilege, you know, checking your privileges um, and the way that you were brought up, how it affects, you know, your being and beliefs and just and pass it on. You know, mm-hmm. so that's what I would say. Oh, and keep it an open mind. I love, you know, open mind. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yep, open mind is so important. Um, so I've got my rapid fire questions coming up in just a second. But before I do that, I would love for you to share with folks what you feel like um, just thinking about where we are as a like as a hum- as humanity. Right. In this mm-hmm. time where there's all this change that's going on, and just a lot of things that are shifting in our consciousness at large. What do you feel like your place is within the, that shift that's happening right now? And you could think about I've I've been having folks think about either you know, your role, your significance, your legacy, your place, any of those things that feel resonant for you to answer, what do you feel like um, is resonant for you at this moment in time? That's a great question. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll say <laughs> that is something that I am answering. I'm continuing to answer as I, you know, the more that I grow and in my journey, is that something that I'm answering, you know, and figuring out. But as of right now, I'm an educator, you know, I'm, I'm naturally, I'm mature, I'm a cheerleader. I wasn't a cheerleader officially back in school, mm-hmm. but like a sexuality cheerleader, you know, so I feel my, my place is to continue to provide in these spaces, you know, for us 
and making us not feel so bad about being sexual beings and um, accessing, you know, this, this sexual liberation, you know, um, that it, it isn't something that's so far from you, you know, that you you can't have for yourself. You know, I always say like, you know, um, people say, oh, that must be nice. You know, it's like, it doesn't, it could be you. It right. is nice. It is nice. It could be you too. Right. So that's where I, I'm finding myself getting to a place where encouraging people who are in this work, you know, um, who are in sexuality uh, work, uh, being that support. You know, I feel like I'm a bridge to the academia world and research. It's like, I don't mind getting the, the facts or the information, the yeah. terminology, the theories to back up the work that's being done you know, right. um, to heal, to, you know, work towards this, this, uh, liberation, you know, mm-hmm. so I think that's right now my role. Yeah. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. I have five sentence stems. I'm basically just going to start you off and you fill it with whatever comes to your mind. First thing comes to your mind. Okay. 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 First one is sexiness is freedom (laughs) i mean for real for real (laughs) the sexiest thing about blackness and or black people is Mm. (laughs) 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 that thing that you're laughing at is what you're supposed to say whatever you holding back right now go on and say it I don't even know how to put it in words. I was just like the essence of black people. I'm just thinking, you know, we just yeah. are. <laughs> Period. That's it. <laughs> um, my go-to for feeling sexy is? Twerking. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I, like, what? Look, you talking about the mind, body, disconnect and reconnect. Like, that is one gift that I need to reconnect because twerking ain't. I, yeah, that ain't my ministry yet. I'm working on it. Yes. One day. <laughs> um, sexual freedom for black folk is achieved when? We give, give ourselves permission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on, Ro James. <laughs> um, <laughs> last but not least, when I'm done being on this podcast, I will. and get something to eat and I'm doing a presentation yes 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 say food is sexy and I know you have a presentation to get to so um it has been a wonderful time speaking with you I'm so happy that I got out of my own way and had you come on and I'm so glad that you accepted the invitation tell the folks where they can find you on social media anything that you want folks to know about you uh go ahead and shoot your shot now (laughs) Um, so, um, so the real, the real hot girl doc on Instagram, you can find me say yes to serenity.com, the left freedom come YouTube channel that will be mm-hmm. starting this summer and real hot girl doc comes from my work, uh, working on, uh, the hot girl summer and hot girl movement following the Megan Thee Stallion. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we didn't even get to talk about the hot girl movement. I know I'm the like, hot girl, hot girl movement. Yes. So, so that's what's coming next. You know, right. This is right on time. It's perfect. Juneteenth is right before leading to, you know, summer, summer solstice. And mm-hmm. so I, I definitely want to do some hot girl prep 
and you know assist my sisters <laughs> my sister hot girls um this summer you know as yeah. we especially coming well we still in the pandemic but coming from where we were last summer to right. where we are now where we a little more folks are ready yes <laughs> the, <laughs> the streets, streets are calling, calling their name, name. <laughs> yes Yes. Like I'm definitely going to the streets. And yes. so, <laughs> so, so that'll be coming. So I'm definitely I will release a um a hot girl summer summer reading. You know, All so right. some of the some of the books that, you know, are texts or resources I include in my research and then some that I've just been collecting a lot in the way. Um to read yes. myself. I haven't read everything, but I've been Listen. collecting all these years. And so we mm -hmm. can, you know, I just want to share. Um, and so, yeah, I think those are all the ways. Oh, you can um, book a consultation with me to offer uh, with coaching and uh, mm -hmm. workshops. And yeah, so look, look out for that. <laughs> all right. Amen. 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 All right. Well, Thank you, everyone, for listening to this conversation. Um, I know I got some gems, so I'm expecting that y'all will have some too. Uh, definitely let us know, email the show, or just hit up uh, Dr. Francis and get your life. So without further ado, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you for listening and talk to y'all next time. Bye. You've been listening to TSOB with Dr. G, produced by Dr. Tracy Q. Gilbert of Tembi and Naya. To keep up with all things TSOB, Follow us on social media at TSOB The Podcast, which you can find on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. For past episodes of the show, visit TSOBpodcast.com or subscribe to the show either on YouTube or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Now, don't forget that you've got homework for this episode. To find the downloadable worksheet for this or any other episode of the show, head on over again to tsobpodcast.com where you'll find it and any other important information from the show notes. And finally, do you have any questions or thoughts to share? Sound off by email at mailbox at tsobpodcast.com. Again, this was TSOB, the sex ed of black folk. Thank you for listening. Talk again soon.